Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Film Seizure. I'm Jeff Arbuckle. With me, as always, my co-host, first, Chirk Mirror. What's up, Guarb? It's going. How's it going, Chirk? And now we have Jarmo Mamamur. How's it going, Jarmo Mamamur? I'm doing great. All right. We're going to talk about some De Palma. Yeah. So, yeah, this week we have uh brian de palma's 1987 awesome movie the untouchables uh this is the first uh this is the first time we've talked about the palma since uh what uh, phantom of the paradise phantom of the paradise I the only other de palma we've done I think, I think so you know it's funny i forgot this was de palma and i was pleasantly surprised when i realized it was de palma again i always think of the mammoth script and I forget that it was De Palma that directed this. And man, yes. De Palma shoots the fucking shit out of this thing. It is, <laughs> it is great. <laughs> um, this his is... visual style is just so on top of his game in this movie. Yeah, and we're we're returning from uh, from a kind of a downer, David Mamet, with uh, the postman always rings twice. Yep, yep. We now have a good David Mamet, which is... I will say though that it's not a perfect mammoth there are there are, they're very there are some bad decisions i have well, some problems with this movie well yeah, okay we're too. gonna we're gonna talk about that because but i, I do really feeling... like this movie and this is i think jeff is something i'm gonna steal stunner real, real real quick before we get into it yes. but this is one of those movies that they just don't make anymore yes <laughs> exactly um <laughs> Because there have been many movies about various people that are in this, that that are that are depicted in this movie, and all of them are um, not movies I want to watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, they don't make movies like this anymore. Um, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about the various uh, problems that you guys have because I have a feeling I know what the problems are that you have with it. They're pretty glaring for me. Well. Um, I, I and I think I know why you have problems with it, but why I don't have problems with it, uh, we'll we'll get to. Sure. Okay. So uh, yeah, the Untouchables. Uh, first and foremost, how'd you guys like those opening credits? Dude, it's like my first credits. note. My yeah. first note is ki- killer title card, shadowy noirish. <laughs> and, and mine is mine is rad movie. title sequence, rad music. Yeah, the music is real. Fucking uh, a man. The, the Ennio music is almost. Uh, uh, this uh, the music that is used for the for the opening credits is very uh, almost um, militaristic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I think is is meant to kind of kind of talk about like the the art the factions of the law and the the mob you know and it it is basically a war zone in chicago in the early 30s uh and there's even uh we even get a little bit of a of a little bit of opening title uh or opening what what do they call that Where, where you get like you get a little bit of a a preamble to the movie while while uh while Robert De Niro is going to get shaved, you um, oh god, that right there, right that very first shot, I'm already just like, okay, De Palma, you magnificent bastard, like that that above, 
you know, shot from above of De Niro in the barber's chair getting shaved and the, and the block of text yeah. to the right of the screen is, I mean, it's so unique. I've never really seen anything quite like that before or since. Well, and, the, and, the, and the how text you... is justified by his body, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah it's, it's beautiful. It, it's, it's, it's almost kind of hard to read the text, you know, on a smaller screen, right? Like on a big screen, that would have worked beautifully, even more beautifully. But, but man, it's unique, and it's—I just love it. I love it, and and the way it pushes down to De Niro in the chair, and then I think it cuts to him with the shaving cream on, and he starts, and the movie starts, and it's freaking great. Yeah, and he is uh, at this point in time. You know, he's he's talking to um, he, he's talking to the press. Is almost yeah. like he is the hero of the town. Oh, he's holding he's, court. He is. He's holding he is. court. And yeah. but at the same time, though, he is also um, menacing. Like there's nothing there that is, um, you know. I mean, it's it's just it, it, he is being menacing, regardless. Well, um, he he was an imposing figure. And yeah. a powerful figure, and he knew how to project that, and De Niro knew how to project that, right? Um, but you also, you know, in the context of history, understand that Capone was not always public enemy number one. At mm. this point in time, and but this point in the movie, in the narrative, he was kind of regarded as as a as a pretty well liked um, philanthropist. Uh, he gave tons of money to charity. You know, he wasn't really portrayed as um, as the violent character that he eventually became. Uh, and, and a lot of it was because a lot most people just didn't take prohibition that seriously, especially in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe he was making money illegally, but no one really gave a shit. It wasn't that things got sticky for Capone. Yeah, well, here's here's the title card. 1930, Prohibition has transformed Chicago into a city at war. Rival gangs compete for control of the city's billion-dollar empire of illegal alcohol, enforcing their will with the hand grenade and Tommy gun. It is the time of the gang lords. It is time of Al Capone. And then yep. that's when the reporter, who I think is a British, uh, I think he's writing for a British newspaper, uh, says uh, an article which I believe appeared in the newspaper asked why, since you are, or it would seem that you are, in effect, the mayor of Chicago, you've not simply been appointed to that position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he and the mayor was in his pocket. Yep. And so right there, you know, that's all you need to know is, is some some text on screen and the and the reporter's first line. Um so yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, so that that's what we're entering into, and and we get Al Capone talking about how he's not a violent man, although <laughs> some of his <laughs> actions, and certainly later he goes to bat. Uh, uh-huh. We we do find out that uh, maybe, and uh, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, but most mob bosses never actually directly kill anybody. I think you're wrong. I think you're probably wrong because they've got to get to where they are. Well, sure. But killing people. You mean by the but time that by, they're, but, by the time the, they're powerful, they may not, they, they always have right. somebody else do it. Right. Well, like, well, uh, well like, I know what you're referring to and maybe let's talk about it when we get there. 
okay. the, the baseball bat scene, because that is actually rooted in some particular history, perhaps mythology of Al Capone. Yeah, uh, you brought up a really, really good word there, mythology, because this movie is 100% mythology. Yes. Um, so, and actually, the entire story of the Untouchables is um, yes. most likely mythology. Well, I think we should bring up the fact Chuck mentioned it before we started recording that that the, the source material uh, is based on a novel, not a novel, but a. Um, of a recounting of the takedown of Al Capone by um, co-written by Elliot Ness. So you already have a right. little bit of stickiness, right? When you're, you're telling your own story, yeah, you have it, you have a little bit of a tendency to embellish things, right? Especially and, and, when you're Elliot Ness. And this is a guy who, after the events of taking down Al Capone, he had a very checkered history yes, he did. with the law with with politics which and is with finances <laughs> almost well, it's almost it's the exact same thing with uh, uh uh he he mirrors pat garrett in a yeah. lot of ways yeah um yeah. because pat garrett had an up and down life after the possible killing of of Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's interesting here is that this the book, The Untouchables, was published posthumously. Yeah, the stories so, were so collected right so at there the wasn't, end of He life. wasn't even there to have to defend some of the things that he may have embellished. Right. So he and, instantly and became a mythological uh, a character himself. Well, it certainly helped with the TV show. And then the TV show was a huge hit. Yep. Right. Um, so this movie is in almost entirely fiction because there are there are things that are um uh that that are not accurate at oh, all yeah i mean oh, that's that's putting it mildly yeah yeah um so <laughs> but yeah so what what we have is uh so we begin with al capone talking about not being a violent man uh cut to uh a local uh tavern or some sort of general store or something uh, an obviously Italian man is pressuring an obviously not Italian man into buying liquor. And the shop owner is like, I, I don't want it. I don't want this. I'm not going to buy any. I don't want it. Um, a little girl comes in to get. What is she there for? Water? So, so here's what I think. No, he is getting his liquor from somebody other than Al Capone. Okay. And he's pouring liquor into a pot so it's concealed because the mom is sick so it's her medicine it's alcohol gotcha and he is trying to get or trying to he's trying he's forcing the man to take their liquor instead and if he doesn't comply well what's next yeah so a man leaves uh leaves the building after the uh after the guy leaning on the shop owner um and he leaves behind a, a little, a little, a little case, a little briefcase, and a little girl's like, "Mister, you've forgotten your case." And what's the best way to start your movie? You blow up a kid. Jesus yeah. Christ! <laughs> well, this is really smart because uh, it, it leaves no doubt about your villain is right. Because. In reality, what happened was um, the the thing that kind of changed the public tide on Capone was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. And in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, the only people who really died were a bunch of gangsters, right? It was sort of an, it was a mass assassination hit, probably ordered by Capone, 
on rival gang members. Um, so that's a little bit of a that's a little bit like it's hard to sort of really sell Capone it's a doggy as, dog in that right case, right because you yeah. could twist that a different way um, in 1987 where it's like well you know it's just gangsters killing gangsters whatever but if you kill a kid yeah right then instant villain yep yep um, and then we are introduced to Elliot Ness who has been uh, installed in Chicago by the Treasury Department now it's always funny that. Elliot Ness was a treasury agent uh, because you wouldn't think that the treasury would be enforcing the uh, prohibition, but I believe, uh, well, I mean, obviously the ATF doesn't exist yet, you know, so who does this fall upon? You know, it's like, you would think it would be the FBI or something, but um. I don't think the FBI could be bothered with this. So it's the treasury department. Um, yeah. Give them something to do. <laughs> give those guys some. And by the way, I mean, which I guess makes sort of sense, right? Because people are profiting off of the sell, the illegal sale uh, and no taxes and no taxes. So right. it probably does fall to the treasury department, but you would always think that like, well, Elliot Ness was a, was an FBI agent or was a, uh, you know, member of the secret service or something. No, he was, he worked for the treasury department, yeah. which does not exactly uh, bolster any kind of manly uh, uh, persona for him. Uh, yeah. And I think it almost seems here. like he's a, he's almost like a, 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 a a desk job guy who's now being sent to oversee something. Yeah. And I think the history here um, was that someone, a high ranking official in Chicago was kind of fed up with the violence um, after the St. Valentine's day massacre and asked. Yeah. Cause um, that was what 1929. Was that when the St. Valentine's I think day massacre so. Was? Yeah. And um, sorry, I don't have all my timeline of events. In, right. But um, but I think what happened was he actually went to Hoover because Hoover, Herbert Hoover, I believe, had just become president and he implored him for federal help. He's like, look, you know, Chicago is completely corrupt. Law enforcement, law enforcement is corrupt. Capone has everyone in his pocket. We're not going to be able to, um, to turn the tides here unless we get federal assistance. And Hoover, that's when Hoover got the Treasury Department involved. Yep. I have a question about a choice by De Palma at the beginning of this movie, and I was waiting for some kind of payoff on it. But when you're introduced to um, Capone, his face is covered, right? He, mm-hmm. He's got a towel on his face, then he has shaving cream on his face. And when they introduce Elliot Ness, they never show his face. They shoot him from behind. Do you think there was a, a reason that he didn't show faces in the beginning of this movie? It seemed purposeful to it me. Might, I don't even know if you guys noticed it, but it, it might be. Um, it, it may just be old storytelling elements of of you, you introduce somebody from behind and then you have a, a bigger reveal of them up front or something be, like yeah. that. It, it may just be an old style of uh, of shooting your your characters because you don't even see Costner's face in that first scene at all. Well, you do later, but it's it's uh, because they keep uh, he has to end up he has to shut down the press conference. And that's when you see you see him. It's almost like there you you do. I was talking about with his wife when he's reading the newspaper. You don't see. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Right. It's um, 
it, yeah, I think that's just a hey, the hero is coming. Yeah, he's going to be a little shrouded. Bit, that's a little bit old Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair. Um, cool. Yeah, it's it, it's it's just the the reveal type of the old reveal mm-hmm. stuff. But you got to give him the hero shot. You know? Yeah, yeah. Tease um, him, tease him, then show him. Yeah. Yep. So then, uh, yeah. So he is he's introduced, and you know, it's like, oh, it's time to go to work. It's Monday morning, whatever day. Um, you know, and it's uh, time for for us to go for me to go to work. He is introduced. Nobody in Chicago is impressed by him whatsoever, um, to the point where he can't even get he can't even answer questions. You know, it's like whatever. Just shut it down. I'm just gonna go to work. Well, they they immediately assume he has political ambitions yeah. and this and that. Like he's they they assume he's corruptible, right? right. Just like everybody else in Chicago. Yep. Yeah, and um, the thing is, is that uh, he's a little bit wide-eyed and a little bit um, overly um, naive. Yeah. Um, and so. He ends up uh, getting uh, a tip that there's going to be some uh, some liquor that's going to be coming from Canada. They're going to be in crates that have the maple leaf on it. Yeah, and um, so he sets up uh, people. There's there's uh, there's a little uh, little photographer guy that's always around that is uh, always wants to to like he basically wants to be made famous by Elliot Ness. You that's know. like an old noir thing too yeah you know the the pesky beat or you know uh newspaper man right photographer yeah yeah and um he uh you know so like at one they go to the raid at this at this place and he sees somebody who is um doesn't look on the up and up so he goes with the cop that that's there with him the just the regular uniform policeman and it finds out it's the it's the photographer has followed him here and uh he accidentally shoots off a um yeah the flashes him in the the eye yeah flat yeah he shoots off a a shot which causes the eye you know the 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 um damn it what's that thing the flash yeah yeah uh yeah damn i'm i just said it i know i'm having a very hard time with that word um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh so you know it's like it's just it already we're kind of off to a um uh a troubling start for this raid and they they get the photographers like get the, get him the hell out of here um he gets back to a gigantic like snowplow tank that they're going to use to bust open the door and he tells the guy all right let's do some good which of course yeah. the next day the guy makes fun of, but then when yeah, they get in, that. Uh, they get in, and uh, they they start busting open the crates with the Canadian flag on it. It's just a bunch of umbrellas. It Obvious, should have been maple syrup, my opinion, but eh, whatever. Um, but they <laughs> it doesn't help. It doesn't help the like the shot though, because he he opens the umbrella and it, and as soon as he does it, he's got it over his head. That's the picture that they right. take. So it's a perfect full shot right yeah. uh and he's consternated by it and yeah on the front page right so yeah. obviously uh somebody tipped capone off yeah uh, which he knows he knows that too he's been made to look a fool the town's laughing at him he's uh gonna he's gonna take a walk home 
and uh, he's he's walking by this bridge, and it looks like you know from an outsider's perspective, if you're looking from behind him or from the side, you think, oh no, this guy's going to jump off a bridge. And sure enough, a kindly old beat cop thinks he's going to jump from the bridge. And this is Malone. Uh, This is uh, Sean Connery, just a regular old beat cop who uh, he's not, he's, he's not going to take any shit off this guy. Who's on this bridge. Just go home you know whatever and uh you know he, he says uh hey you're carrying a gun what what are you oh i'm a i'm a treasury agent okay fine turns and walks away ness takes uh offense to that saying hey you turned your back to a guy with a gun well you said you were you said you're a treasury agent and how do you know that i am yeah, I just know things. You know, nobody, like, nobody <laughs> would make that claim. No, yeah, if nobody, they weren't. Yeah, yeah. nobody's going to say that if they weren't. And, He's basically pissing on him, like you have a shitty position, like you wouldn't admit to that. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and he also can immediately read Costner. It's like ah, you're in a, you're pff, whatever. You know, you're just you're you're harmless essentially. Um. I see Jason drinking some uh, some booze from Al Capone. There, it looks like drinking a little, drinking a little booze. Drinking, drinking a little, little, booze. yeah, a little little bit of the little nip. the the prohib prohibitive. But I don't know exactly. It's a bootleg liquor. There you go. Yep, exactly. Drinking some maple <laughs> syrup. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Jim Malone, uh, basically, <clears throat> you know, it's like, hey, uh, you going home, you know, or whatever? Do you married and whatever? And Ness is like, yeah, I'm going home. And he's like, well, there you go. You already, you already succeeded in the number yeah. one rule of being an law enforcer. Uh, you know, you you go home alive. Yep. Uh, and he just walks off. <laughs> he's just he doesn't have any. Time. He says he says make sure your shift is over. <clears throat> make sure when your shift is over, you go home alive. Yep. yep. Uh, so then, uh, you know, Ness uh, the next day shows up to work, and there's uh, there's this little nerdy guy there. By the name of Oscar, oh, who's po- who's pouring over uh, numbers, and uh, he's basically um, he, he's essentially what you would think an I, an IRS agent would be like. You know, he's 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 pouring over everything, and multiple times throughout the first half of this movie, it's like, well, I think we can get him on tax evasion. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, he hasn't paid anything. He's been making millions of dollars, and wanna- he's laughed off basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, how, yeah, that's they feel like that's not gonna be a just way of taking them down, right? Right, right, right. yeah. Well, it's a, not a quick, it, a quick aside here, a quick yeah. aside here. The 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 FBI agent who is the accountant, but everyone in the FBI is an agent, everyone in the FBI gets the same training, right? Everybody in the FBI gets certified on hand, hand weapon on guns and weapons and things, so that's what kind of what makes the FBI sort of fun is is. You might just be an accountant, but he's still deadly, right? Yeah. Which you which you get that pays off much later. Oh God. Um, <laughs> because he is also kind of a nerdy dude, right? right. And he's um, and just a little pipsqueak. He's a tiny dude too. It's, it's, There's it's lots Charles, of tiny dudes in this movie. Sorry. This actor, this actor is so ingrained in me. It's Charles Martin Smith, because yeah. um, an actor that just popped up in a lot of movies that I was exposed to as a as a kid, like uh, American Graffiti. He's one of the leads in that. He's fantastic in it. Um, he was in a movie called uh, Never Cry Wolf, which is, I think, based on a true story about a guy who, like, 
tries to live in in the Arctic or something. And I remember a scene with him where he uh, he eats rats. He's he, he, he the whole idea is he's going to live with wolves and he's going to eat their same diet. So he's got to eat rats. It's disgusting. Uh, um, he he would do well in the world of Demolition Man. He would. He would. <laughs> and he was also in Starman. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the Buddy so Holly anyway, story. And yeah, fuck yeah, he was in the Buddy Holly story. Yeah. yeah. So I um I don't know. He's just one of those faces, right? Yeah, and then and then he just seemed to disappear for a while. I don't know if he's done much work recently or not, but um, always liked his face. Yeah, he's directed. He's been directing stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, nothing. I mean, Dolphin Tale. Oh, and interesting. A Dog's Way Home. Huh. Oh, it's um, like it's like you know, like Family Fair type stuff. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, good for him. Yeah, good for him. Um. So. Uh. So Ness thinking about the night before. And now he's being faced with this accountant who it's like Ness knows that Al Capone's a bad dude. Right. And he's bad hombre, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he knows that, uh, that, that it's just, it's not exciting. It's not what he got into the job for just to bust them on, on tax right. evasion. Um, so he decides I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go pay a visit to, uh, to to this guy that I met last night, uh, Jimmy Malone, and Malone's like, oh, it's like, dude, what what are you here for? It's like I'm just a beat cop, you know. And it's like, and um, I believe more in coming home alive now, basically, yeah, than, yeah. than the job itself, right? Yeah. Because this yeah. guy is probably three months from retirement, you know, which of course is going to be deadly for him. Uh, but he's, you know, it's like. And and Ness is like trying to say, but you're a good cop. You knew yeah. things intuitively. And it's like, well, if I'm such a good cop, why am I still walking the beat at my age? This is interesting. This he, is interesting. Because yeah. he, you know he's a good cop because he is a beat cop. Exactly. He hasn't risen through the ranks um, by falling into the corruptness of the right. Chicago Police Department. Exactly. He's, um, he's someone He's someone who... who didn't take the bribes yeah so he so he can't be trusted at the higher levels right but he still has friends who are just like well we'll just put him in a position of you know where he can't get get cause anybody any trouble which is a b cop well yeah. i think the right. captain the captain was captain. probably someone who worked with him they Absolutely. both b cops together they don't really explore that story but that's what it feels like oh one at 100 you know yeah. both irish cops yep totally yeah yep yeah um, there's still so, a loyalty there, but there's, but there's only so much trust. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So like, you know, Malone just kind of basically shrugs off Ness. Well, Ness goes back to work and, um, then that's, I think that's when he meets Oscar is I think he goes back to work. Oscar is there going through the stuff. And then he sees that Malone has shown up at the, at the precinct. And that's when he's finally able to like, yeah, whatever, Oscar, I'll talk to you later. You know, it's like, and they have a seat, Oscar. You can keep pouring over these numbers. I'm going to go be much, a real yeah, cop. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to this fucking badass that just walked in. Yeah. Um, yeah. See you later. And uh, this is my favorite scene in the movie. It's our, it's my favorite too. It's perfect. Uh, so Jimmy Malone takes, uh, takes Elliot Ness to a church and uh the, the where they can talk alone quietly nobody's gonna bother him malone asks him so or he says uh, so you said you wanted to get capone 
do you really want to get them? You see what I'm saying is what are you prepared to do? And that's like, well, anything within the law. And so Malone responds. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the can on these worms, you must be prepared to go all the way because they're not going to give up the fight until one of you is dead. And then Ness like kind of reaffirms, I want to get Capone. I just don't know how to do it. And then uh, this is, uh, this is my favorite line in the whole, on the whole damn movie. It's like, you want to know how to get Capone? They pull a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital. You send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And what, and that's how you get Capone. Now, do you want to do that? Are you ready to do that? I'm offering a deal. Do you want this deal? And then Ness basically, uh, says uh i've sworn to capture this man with all the legal powers at my disposal and i will do so (laughs) and malone looks over at the altar and looks back and is like well the lord hates a coward and offers his hand and they shake it and it's like do you know what a blood oath is mr ness ness is like yes it's like good because you just took one and at this point uh... in time capone or at this point in time malone is like he is like superhero mode now he is like i know everything i know how to do this i know (laughs) and you know it's like he is ready to take ness under his wing and get al capone that is also vintage mammoth like that that the way that 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 scene is is um paced the beats of the responses like it is it is absolutely vintage mammoth there's another line that comes on the heels of that that I really, really like where I've, I'm going to paraphrase Ness, but he asks, so how do we find men we can trust? And, Oh yeah. And, and, and Malo answers, um, afraid of getting a rotten apple, get it from the tree. Get, don't get it from the ground, get it from the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. So they go to the, uh, so they go to the, to the Academy. Yep. And uh, they, they're looking around at the, and like Malone just walks in, like he owns the place and he's looking around <laughs> at like the at the people at the firing range and he he tells the uh the warrant officer i would assume or whoever the officer is that's in charge there and he's like hey uh get me the two best shots and they bring out the first guy this kills me oh god this whole thing and (laughs) it's this nervous little dude well he's not a little dude he's a big dude but he's nervous and he's like almost you can tell he's like shaking and it's like uh, Malone starts questioning him. He's like, so wh- why do you want to be a cop? And the guy's given the fucking oath, you know, right. like, to, to serve and to protect. Well, he, oh, can't even, he can't even get that out. He's he just stutters. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, don't give me that bullshit. You know, it's like, what are you really here for? And then he like, he, he gets some sort of an answer. Out he of says, it. he says in, in, in not so many words, I can help with crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and so he's like all right he sends him back he like but, but, that fish back but then what he says that's to, to, to ness as they're waiting for uh george stone to come it's like oh there goes the next chief of police <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> perfect that's so perfect and then oh god and then andy garcia comes out and this george stone is like yeah george stone what's your real name like already can see through it's like Here's a guy who's, you know, Andy Garcia is like the least non-Italian looking person ever that you will ever see. <laughs> but, he like, made, but, he made a, but he made a career. Oh, man. Yeah. 
playing he, Italians. He, he, where is Andy Garcia these days? Come on, man. Where you at? I don't know, but man, he was, he's been in so many great movies. Oh, I really, really like Andy Garcia. Yeah. And this so, was an early one for him. Yeah. This was before black rain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. So, so then he comes out, it's like, well, what's your real name? And it's like Giuseppe or something. It's like, Oh fuck. <laughs> this is just what we need. A dirty thieving wop. <laughs> <laughs> and of course this all riles up uh andy garcia <laughs> he's like he puts he puts the gun in his in malone's face he's like oh i like this one <laughs> and it's, it's so it's so hollywood it's like it's like this would never happen in real life no. it's like so far beyond reality into mythology nothing man, that's ever been in anything called the uh, the untouchables would happen in real life right but man it's it's a it makes for one hell of a fun scene yeah and it's like and you know ness is like uh yeah i like him too <laughs> it's like okay we'll take him yeah well, and his stipulation is he doesn't want married men does right. not want mar- and right. and malone looks at him it's like well you're married it's like i don't want married men yeah yeah because they can be gotten to right because then uh yeah so then um so they take they take George Stone. They go back to the precinct, and uh, and Malone's like, "All right, so if you really want to know where all the booze is gone for, you got to come with me." And they they load they get their shotguns, and uh, <laughs> we need one more. We need one more. For this. Yeah, and so they, he looks at Oscar, points the shotgun at him. It's like, "Are you an? Are do you have a badge or whatever?" And and it's like, uh, "Yeah." It's like then you carry a gun. And so now, and so now you've got four guys with big ass shotguns. They just go across the street to the post office. This kills me, man. Yeah, and it's like, well, and like Ness is like, whoa, what are you doing here? You better be right about this. It's like everybody right. knows where the alcohol is. They just don't want to cross Capone. Right, and, Bingo. It's, <laughs> and so they raid the post office, and sure enough, they make a big ass bust. So now now the untouchables are basically born that was their hero moment i love the one guy too who says you don't have a warrant or something it's like it's fucking federal property i'm a federal agent right <laughs> well i like it well he says you don't have a warrant and i think basically connery just says fuck off yeah. <laughs> he punches him and says how do you feel now yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty my he hits him with the fucking gun <laughs> yeah it's pretty interesting here because a lot of the things that that he does early or things Ness would never do. Yeah, right. he's teaching but, Ness that he has to go one. But he repeats all those things l- later, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like he punches is, yeah. a guy and says, "How do you feel now?" He says something that that right. uh, Malone says early in the movie. Well, it, and it all never giving up the fight. It all yeah. culminates on the rooftop with Nettie, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, right. it's, but, uh, but the turn, but the turn where where Ness begins to realize that he has to do things a particular way is in canada yeah yeah um so yep. and we're almost there at this god point. as a yeah, kid next... that's my favorite this oh, i love i love it so much like <laughs> yeah. i could just rewatch that seed that entire seed over and over but, so yeah. uh yeah so now uh elliot ness and uh and the other three guys are now started to get some victories um it, it's starting to get on the radar of Capone to the point where he kills a guy. Um, and, you know, you can tell he's now bothered because before he's all words, he's all cool. If you cross him, he'll send somebody. But 
now he's starting to, to feel the heat a little bit. Well, yeah, he's give, so is that the next scene where they show him with the baseball bat or is yeah. the bribe first? Yeah, I think okay. so. Uh, the bribe may be first, actually, because, yeah, because they get back because they, they went and they had the they had the lunch. They've had some victories. They got their picture taken. They're feeling pretty good. The alderman shows up and like dumps a bunch of money in an envelope on Ness's desk. And he's like, uh, so what's that? Like oh, I was yeah. overacting so hard in this scene. <laughs> I know. Steph yeah. was like, ugh. So the, the baseball bat <laughs> d- scene does come first. The oh, baseball okay. bat scene does come first. So yes. yeah, we'll go because, ahead. Because yeah, that that let's talk about that real quick. Um, that is, I think, again, one of those things where uh that is there are eyewitnesses to that. Um to to Capone killing not just one, but I think several men with a baseball bat that had been potentially trying to double cross him or, or whatnot. And, um, and at a dinner, not necessarily like a big King Arthur at the round table circular, you know, meeting of the gangsters dinner, but don't don't worry about it. Jay It's it's Chicago town. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's, that is, um, that's taken from, from eyewitness accounts and, and, and mythological, folklore of of capone um and it definitely sets him up again it reinforces again okay yeah remember he's a bad guy and and he is ruthlessly bad you know if 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 you didn't think he was bad when one of his guys blew up a young girl now he's actually committing violence and you're seeing it and you're seeing it and it's brutal and yes. it's, it, I mean, these are important. These are important storytelling beats to set up a hero and a villain. Yeah, Mamet knows what he's doing here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so now, now we get to see the hero being un, uh, not uncorruptible, being able, uncorruptible, untouchable, yes. untouchable. So the alderman shows up. He throws the money down. Like, and Ness is like, "Hey, what's that?" what's that my favorite part of this is is like the alderman kind of leans in a little bit more it's like you know you know what that is and so he goes and calls the other three back (laughs) into the room it's like oh shit this guy's fucked and he throws the money back at him they toss him out like they they throw the they they physically throw the dude out of the office he looks like christopher lloyd from who who framed roger rabbit (laughs) <laughs> oh he does. he susan, does susan susan actually is like he's a tune <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> he does yeah he does so they so now that's when he's like oh you guys are untouchable is that it huh and it's like hey that sounds like a cool name hey Our yeah we're gonna game. go with that we're gonna go with that um so now um the um so this is where you get um, the Billy Drago intimidating Ness. Billy Drago, of his house. scary dude. He is mm-hmm. a yeah. scary looking so, dude. So, um, so Frank Nitty, 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 right? Frank Nitty, um, Al Capone's number one enforcer. He's uh, outside of Ness's house because all right, we can't get to Ness. He's not going to take the bribe. Now we have to go to the next, the next tactic, which is intimidation. Right, and, and that's like, what hey, there to do. Hey, you got a nice house. Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, guy. Yeah, you got a nice house. But hey, is it your daughter's birthday? Because he's carrying a little pink gift. You know, it's like, uh, uh, and like Ness is starting to 
to calculate this. Well, he's a little naive at this point. It's like, what well, do you he, think, he's naive what do you think was going to happen next? Right. When you didn't take the bribe, right? Yeah. He's, he's like, Hey, I'm un, I'm untouchable. I'm the hero yeah. of this town or whatever. You know, he thinks he's the hero. You want the news hasn't gotten to everybody that he's the hero, but it's gotten to somebody really important. And yeah. So yeah, the, the, uh, the enforcers come. And at first, you know, when he says, Hey, you got a nice house there, you live there for a while or whatever. And he kind of smiles at that, or he's, he's a little, a little dismissive of him, not right. taking it any it's offense until, to it yet. It's not until he says, is it your daughter's birthday that he's like, mm, this seems weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, Oh, gee, I wouldn't want anything to happen to her. It's like you want to protect your family, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, man. And so he runs in, you know, sees that, you know, his wife's fine. But where's the daughter? Oh, the daughter's upstairs. This is a great shot, too, because he goes bolting upstairs, throws open the door. The bed's undone. And then it cuts right over to her at the desk. And it's like, oh, okay, everything's fine. And it's almost like you're, you're like seeing it from the opposite of his perspective. You right? see it first, you see the bed empty first. So you have that moment of, oh shit. Yeah. Before he does. Right. And then as if you turn your head, the camera shifts. Yeah. 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 Every, everything's fine until he hugs her with a loaded pistol in his hand. That was a little weird, wasn't it? <laughs> well, hey, yeah. hey, it's the thirties, man. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Elliot Ness accidentally shoots daughter while right? consoling her dude, <laughs> for not being kidnapped. He was uh, very man. Elliot in his Elliot Ness in this movie. Yeah. Wasn't he? <laughs> Sorry. Bad joke. So, um, yeah, so now he's got a, He sends his uh, his daughter off. He gives the cop. He like, you know, gives his cop or the cop his hat and his and his uh, jacket. And it's like, hey, if you see anything, shoot first. Yep. <laughs> like, damn. OK, it's like I kind of like the idea of having a federal agent telling me what to do here because I can just start shooting. It will really satisfy my bloodlust. And that's why <laughs> I joined the police officers um, uh, thing. That's why I joined the force. Uh, so anyway, so now he finds out it's like, okay. And and what's kind of, what's also really important is that all of the untouchables also show up too, to say, Hey man, is everything all right? It, it kind of builds that, you know, this is now a camaraderie. Well, yes. Yeah, Stone and, and Malone were on a stakeout. Yeah. And they, yeah. they rush over because Oscar is the first to show up with the cop. Yeah. Uh, and they say, it's like, dude, can we trust them? And Malone's like, well, I hope he's my cousin. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, well, first they say he's on he's on Malone's list. Yeah. So Malone, Malone has a Malone, list of of uh, cops he trusts. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, we should. He's my cousin. He's my cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this is now they find out that, and Malone also finds out. Malone always shows up in every scene. He enters in with, "I've got all the details that we need." <laughs> what else? Like, what else did he say? Something along the lines of, um. There was something about like the stakeout that they were on. They got some information. It's like, well, who's your source? And Malone says, says, if you want to keep a secret, don't tell the boss. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he gets the information about the Canadian border. That's it. Yeah. 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 So they uh, they they chart a flight up to Canada, and they meet with the Mounties, and it's like, oh, yeah. God. So basically. Uh, the Mounties are going to block them from going back into Canada and we're going to stop them from coming into, you know, from escaping into America. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be, they're basically going to catch them in a crossfire. 
on a bridge on a bridge which is um cinematically perfect you always is like they can't go this way they can only go north or south they can't go east or west which is a tactical error uh, on the part of the gangsters to me but on a, a bridge. sure but it sure looks good in the movie sure does <laughs> so there's this itty bitty little abandoned house by the bridge where the untouchables hole up and um this is where you really get malone you know like he's like you know he's he's like fucking general Patton here like getting everybody ready he I like totally how they is. call it out too like they but ness references it and he's like yeah i am i am the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh yeah well, yeah what did... <laughs> he says that are you are you my tutor yeah. is what is what Aness asks and uh and sean connery says yes i am <laughs> <laughs> well and oscar's cold he's like well why are you cold just st- stamp your feet uh that's something you learn when you're a beat cop you know you're gonna get cold because you're outside all the time just stop you know just start stamping your feet and then you see george doing it too so it's like both of the guys who have had pretty much zero field uh field time are now basically you know doing that exact thing because george stone wasn't going to say that he was cold but he's gonna he's gonna take advantage of the of the advice Um, also if if there was no question that this movie is a western up until this point they ride in on horses. Line, you have them all lined up on the ridge on horses. Yeah, it's a fucking western. This movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> right. It's like I like yeah. how they musically nod at that too. Like Morricone's yeah. oh, Morricone knows what he's doing here. Yep, because he's, he's classical. He is the classical like twenties music style kind of going, but it's infused with western that, that was elements. No, that you was could plug this into a Sergio Sergio Leone flick, and it would work perfectly. Yep. Well, I I would say almost uh because the note that i made it it is a little bit of a western but it also has a little bit of a 30s big band style because he is it does yeah because uh, i think he said that um it was uh duke ellington music that he was referencing. yes that's very true he he uh, infused um duke ellington yeah but then there's also a beat to it that sounds very uh mid 80s mm. so yeah, yeah yeah you know it's very contemporary while still being very classic but also showing off the that again like i've said this now twice you know where it's like this is the last time like the old west where you have an individual lawman going after an individual outlaw yeah and this is the last time in american history at least to this point that you have that but it has it has all of those like epic musical swells with the horns and things and the strings it has all of the standoff you know, music in the gunfight. Oh, it's you've got your hero music, you've got your villain music. It all, I mean, it's yeah, it's these epic themes. Yep, yep. yep. Um, which is funny because Al Capone is often wearing the lighter color too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Nitten's always wearing white. Nitty's always wearing yeah. white. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, like um, uh, the the lawmen are all wearing dark. Uh-huh. In the, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it kind of reverses <clears throat> that too. But mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so <clears throat> Jason, this is your scene. Take us, take us. Through, oh uh, man, it always pissed me off as a kid because the Mounties fuck it up. Like you've already got the the established fact from when they're kind of talking about the plan up on the ridge on the horseback that this this Mountie captain is kind of a loose cannon. And he's 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 getting a little bit excited by the action that they're about to be participating in. I think he also wants some credit. 
Oh, for sure. He's looking to get his name in the papers. Yep. Um, the papers, eh? And I forget what he says about something being half the battle. And, um, and Ness is like, okay, let's just calm down about with all of that. You know, losing is also half the battle. You know? Lots so of things are half the battle. Lots of things are half yeah, the battle. Let's, let's right. concentrate on the whole, whole battle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, so, he does say something about like knowing is half the battle or whatever. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah and it's like, like yeah. well, so is losing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lots of things are half the battle. Right. Love it. So, um, which almost seems like that, sh- that, that is where you really get the impression that Ness is coming along. Because oh, yeah. you would have expected Malone to have said that. Right. Malone's quiet through this yeah. whole part. Like he's letting Ness lead and he's yeah. coming up with the with the good with the good line that time. So now they're in the cabin and things are starting to happen. They see the the meat on the bridge start to happen, the exchange of goods for money. And um they're kind There's of like, a okay. ledger also. There's a guy re- pouring over a book. Yeah, and and, and 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 Ness says something along the lines of, okay. This is all according to plan. The the Canadians aren't going to make a move until I give the signal. Until I show my badge. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, Canadians are coming down. And they're shooting already. Yeah. (laughs) Before they're even seen. It's It's like hilarious. It seems like exactly something the Canadian Mounties would do. I don't know why. (laughs) We just lost all of our Canadian Mountie listeners. Well, now what so are now, they going to listen to while they're while they're on their horses? I don't know. I don't know what are they going to do. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're going to play hockey. Um, so so dismissive <laughs> of hockey. <laughs> We've lost all of our northern Midwest listeners too. From Eat some poutine. Hey, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I like hockey. I quit. <laughs> I'm not saying there's anything wrong with hockey, but that's all they got left now. Whatever. <laughs> okay so <laughs> so now they're going to now they have to scramble they scramble up to get on their horses run up to the other side of the bridge right up to the other side of the bridge to stop them from escaping because they got to trap them and uh this is when it just turns into an all-out gunfight i mean you've got you've got a stone firing a tommy gun from horseback which is one of the coolest goddamn things i've ever seen um and really just just trying to it's a it's a full-on shootout and you've got um uh shit what's his name um oscar oscar oscar, oscar. yeah with the shotgun man it's so great he's like he should because i'm sitting there thinking it's like oh my god he he's gonna die he's not this is, ready for this this is but no he goes things. fucking off <laughs> it's one of those great against type scenes yeah well because yeah. he sees george get shot in the shoulder i was a little annoyed at that because there's this big ass battle happening around him george gets shot shot in the shoulder and oscar's just standing there for seconds yeah i'm like dude he would have gotten movies. mowed down i know but it still annoys me <laughs> he was standing. not in tactical get mowed down f- formation though but so then, he was fine <laughs> But then he realizes that, like, he comes to basically, right? Yeah. Right. Kind of a he trance. snaps. He snaps out of it. Yeah. He snaps, and then he snaps. And oh. he, <laughs> he blows everybody. away. I mean, like, <laughs> like he blows people up. Like, there's the one guy he shoots <laughs> in the car, and he's just a he's just a bag of blood. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just blood all over the inside of that car. It's like. Damn. Damn, Oscar, and then Oscar De Palma's, packs the good ones. <laughs> De Palma's favorite thing in this movie is people running out of bullets, like, oh. yeah, because <laughs> you have you have uh, Oscar is having a fight with a guy who's behind the truck, 
he shoots and busts the barrel open and they both run out of guns and while they got one guy's reloading oscar runs in with his his rifle basically yeah and just basically shotgun and just smashes him so yeah, yeah. yeah he smashes his yeah he smashes and then he takes a drink of the liquor yeah, that's my favorite that's yeah. my favorite part is like sorry it, no but no it's fine but it's i love it it's, i have it at my note is accountant takes a drink yep. <laughs> yeah. well then uh yeah so here comes my favorite part where it almost seems like maybe the job's getting a little bit too much for malone except for it's all tactics uh so they they capture the guy who had the ledger and this is another one of those character actors that's in a ton of stuff in the 90s um well there's a moment real quick before this that i think is really important to oh, Ness in his arc is when he he's got he, the one guy he's got him he's got him and he's got him dead to rights you know and he's like just just surrender essentially you know it's just it's over and he goes for his gun and he has to put him down and he's <sighs> exasperated by that and he says what do you think this is a game why did you do that yeah. he didn't want to kill him yeah yeah, so it's 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 a turning moment. Well, for... he, yeah, because he pretty much realizes this. Like these people are willing to die. Yeah, this is how far I have to go. Yep. This is how far. I have this, to go. Is what, this is all. This is what Malone, Malone has been talking yep. about. I, I did. I didn't. I haven't understood their ruthlessness, their intentions, their commitment until now. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, so now, uh, which also they... leads to a great scene with Malone. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. So they uh, they capture uh, they capture the guy who's got the ledger. Uh, Oscar's pouring over it, and it's like, oh, these it's all coded, but I think this is the proof we need to do the thing that I've been talking about every fucking scene that I'm in many times we in this. Get movie. him on tax evasion, <laughs> and he gets so excited. He even he's even not sleeping on the airplane. He even wakes up Ness uh, like on the way to Canada. It's like we got him on tax evasion. Like, yeah, whatever, go to sleep. Go to sleep, Oscar. <laughs> He, he even says like a murderer for tax evasion right like, come on yeah come on dude yeah it's like come on um so yeah because that's always the thing it's like as notorious as uh, as most of these mob guys are they're so well protected behind a lot of that paperwork like almost every single mob guy goes away for something other than what they're the worst things they've done right um, but anyway so they um uh because they by the way also they got nitty at the same time on tax evasion um but anyway so the, so uh he's like okay well you're gonna help us decode this and and the and the guy with the with the ledger is like nope nope not gonna do it <laughs> malone steps in it's like starts punching him <laughs> it's like you're going to tell us it's like and and like you know ness has to take malone outside it's like yeah, we can't do this it's not working it's either. not working this just isn't gonna so malone looks down at the guy that ness shot is like oh you'll tell me and he like picks him up and puts him against the window the back to the you know to the people inside and he puts the gun in the guy's mouth the dead guy's mouth and it's like, oh, you're having a hard time talking with a gun in your mouth, huh? Well, I'm going to give you to the count of three. One, two. And he like blows his, gives him an extra hole in it. And I think the, <laughs> the only people that didn't know that guy was dead were were the were Canadian Ness. Mountie dude. Yeah. yeah. 
and the accountant guy or whatever right. he is, whatever. Yeah. Right. And so he blows him away and he throws him back there. And then, then the guy inside the, the accountant is like, Oh, okay. I'll tell you whatever you want, man. I'll tell you what I'm not, because, I don't want to die. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because Malone equaled the only fear that this guy had, which was Capone killing him. Right. Right. Um, yeah. That's all he's afraid of. Yeah. Cause I think at one point, yeah. doesn't even, doesn't he even say, um, you know, at, at least with me, you have a 50, 50 chance or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Something like that. Anyway. So uh, yeah. And then the Mountie walks up and he's like, Mr. Ness, I do not approve of your methods. <laughs> it's like the guy who almost ruined everything just to be a hero. He's like, Mr. Ness, I do not approve of your methods. And then he repeats something Malone had said in the past. Well, this is South Chicago. Yeah. It's like, well, then you're not from Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they, they take the guy back, uh, you know, the newspaper, everybody's there. It's like, Oh, we've got Capone. We got Capone on tax evasion. If he is, uh, found guilty on all of this, it'll be 28 years essentially. And so they're like, okay, well, uh, if, if it's 28 years, uh, okay, fine, whatever. Hey, we've done it. We've got him. Um, all right, take him to, you know, take him down the service elevator or whatever, uh, or, you know, Oscar's going to take him down the service ele- elevator to a car to basically be transported to prison. Um, well, there is a, uh, uh, well, Nitty is there. Nitty's there. Yeah. Yeah. And he is dressed as a cop and he, uh, kills the, uh, the the accountant and he kills Oscar and by the time that uh, Ness and Malone can get to Oscar he is hanging in the uh, in, in on a hook basically or on uh, on something inside the elevator and in his blood Nitty has written touchable yeah um, and so this is the uh, the you know the first of half the team that's going to die yeah um, what's funny to me well maybe not funny but the fact that that Oscar was shown to be corruptible before he dies seems like a message when he drinks the fact that he drinks the liquor yeah. is kind of his death warrant uh, yeah I mean maybe thematically thematically yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean in in life but yeah it's definitely you know he breaks and yeah drinks the liquor and it ends up getting him killed it, it, he's playing a little bit off of the uh, friday the 13th rules right the slasher yeah. movie yeah if you're corruptible rules. you're gonna die or whatever the yeah. harmonica in this scene it's so fucking classic italian western i can't even stand it i love it so much <laughs> can't stand it i love he it. Can't stand <laughs> it he cannot stand it he loves it oh i was um, it's, it's just uh it's like a warm blanket because it's it's that <laughs> motif of of the the creeping villain right um right. It, there's a morricone used a harmonica in a lot of different ways but one of them was sort of as a as a suspense and dread technique and and it's used perfectly here yeah um so they're still trying to basically they don't have the guy who can decipher the ledger but they're still going to try to get the um the uh da to go forward with the trial and the da's like we don't really have anything it's like we have something but we have no way of proving any of it um by the way did you guys recognize who played the district attorney 
Um, no. Nope. Clifton James. Jason, does that sound familiar? Clifton James. How about oh, if I... She, oh, shit. From uh, Live and Let Die. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, what if I said Sheriff J.W. Pepper? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I did not notice him. I did yeah. not recognize him. He no. is not credited in this movie, but that is, yeah, that is Clifton James. Um, being a, uh, a non-obtuse uh, caricature of a racist sheriff. <laughs> Man, that's too funny. So this leads to one of my first annoyances of the script of this movie because the DA does decide that he's not going to press charges because they don't have a witness and Elliot Ness kind of gives in to that and he says this stupid line after Oscar's just died he says well sometimes you just have to cut your losses I'm like that's not the kind of loss you say I'm like cut my losses when somebody dies it should reinvigorate you and Malone is all about that right like mm -hmm. he wants he wants to keep going and he's losing faith in Ness a little bit at this point and then he asks him about his wife again which is thematic like throughout the movie right he's like are you married that's that's a good thing right nice to be married yeah. it's nice to be married but yeah where do we go from there uh, so Ness gets fucking pissed and he goes uh, and confronts Capone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah this, is, uh, this is again, a very, very Hollywood sure. scene. Yeah. Right. And so he, uh, uh, he wants to, he, he's like, Hey man, let's fight. Let's go out to the fucking parking lot right now. Four o'clock after school. Let's do this dude. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and like, uh, Malone smartly shows up. It's like, yeah, you really don't want to do that. Not this way. Not, not this, this way. way. This is not the way that's because he knows he's going to, he's just going to be murdered at that right. point. Um, you know, it's one thing to go out in the shootout. It's, it's another thing to go out when you pick the fight. Um, uh, yeah. So um, basically at this point, um, they, they have to kind of start over a little bit. Um, and it's not long after this that, uh, that, that, uh, Malone gets visited. Yeah. Malone oh. tells Malone tells Ness that he needs to stall the DA because he can get information basically. Right. So he goes and confronts the captain, um, of the force who he, obviously is known is corrupted, but hasn't, you know, attacked that angle. And it's pretty smart of Malone to say, we need to leave the establishment in place. If we want to get Capone, if we start breaking down the, the underlings, we'll never get to Capone. Right. Right. So, but he, that, that's a pretty cool scene when, when he fights the captain in the alley there to get him to tell him where the bookkeeper is mm -hmm. so that the DA will have his witness. And I'm sorry, I, I jumped ahead of the gun when I had to get up to use the restroom. And when I came back, I heard Chuck talk about Malone taking a drink. Not Malone, and, Oscar. Because uh, Malone takes a drink, too. And I thought you said Malone. And that's when the harmonica scene happens with Malone in his apartment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Because Malone yeah. takes a drink. Yes, he does. Yep. Well, he's Irish. So I mean, that cues that's to what you. I said. You can't, keep, a, can't keep whiskey from an Irishman. But, but, thematically, but if you want to keep up thematically with that idea, it happens again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, yeah. So also uh, Malone, the, the first time you actually see him, maybe really the only time you ever really see him 
um, vulnerable is with that captain because that captain lays a couple of good hits on him. I mean, yeah. like he's hurt by it. I mean, yeah. um, so it's the really, I mean, you can't blame like 27 bullets or whatever on, on him being fragile at that point, but, but a good solid jab to the, I mean, like he gets, he gets the whole, the whole move. The, the, the captain gets the whole move of pulling his jacket down and then punching him. Oh, I know it's classic. Yeah. That's classic. You got to pull <laughs> You got to pull that jacket down. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, uh, Malone, uh, is home. He's got, uh, you know, he's, he's got the list at this point and, uh, somebody has broken into his apartment and it's, it's a really kind of a cool, like everybody's sneaking around, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it is a it is a very well done thing, but uh <laughs> you have the POV intruder shot as well. Yeah. Um then you've got um his um <laughs> he he ends up surprising the guy, basically. Right. He's winding his record player, which we know from earlier in the film is where he keeps his his sawed off shotgun. Right. Yeah. And, but he makes a critical error here, right? He he sends the guy away, basically. Right. I don't know why he does this. Yeah. Instead well, it might be blowing him away. I, I've got I've got an I I've got a feeling I know what that is. It's Ness infecting the way Malone does things. You don't have to kill every single person. Whereas Malone would have been ready to do that on his own but Ness has affected him. Like he's affected. Ness. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. You'll allow, you'll allow it judge more. Yeah. I mean, I, well, I mean, I'm not saying I'm the final, uh, the final word on anything personally, but for me, it was like so out of character that I couldn't figure out a rational reason other than what it leads to next. Like we have to put this guy in a situation where he'll be fooled. Yeah. Um, but if you want to go with the uh, the he's been tamed a little bit well, by yeah. Ness's Ness's demeanor, I can I can get behind that. Well, yeah, because I think that before he wouldn't have he he wouldn't have necessarily he would have blew that guy out his fucking door like as soon as he saw him immediately. Right, like it's a little bit of hubris, right? It's it's a little bit of we've we've won all these battles so far except for we did lose our guy, but it's a little bit of hubris. It's a little bit of, I think, um, you know, I do think it is a little bit of, uh, of Ness's demeanor kind of trickling into, to Malone. But uh, so, yeah, so he, um, uh, yeah, he basically says, oh, you know, uh, just like a <laughs> was it just like a dago to bring a knife to a gunfight yeah something like that and then he goes outside and nitty's there and he shoots him a lot so i i mean you know malone does go out calling the guy a whop and a dago so i mean yeah. like I, he is he is true to character i guess and he hasn't gone out just yet and, oh, no <laughs> he is hanging on um so he loves sorry go ahead no he gets shot many times many, many times and uh you know ness shows up and he sees you know like the blood everywhere it's like oh shit and then it's a cool scene it shows how far 
um, oh, yeah. Malone had to had to crawl basically 95 percent dead all the while uh you get operatic music while um capone's taken in an opera yeah and, and nitty, nitty informs him that you know the hit is done yeah and he's and he's weeping too because uh, he's kind of thinks he's winning but we're weeping because well he's, he's the weeping at the not... opera and then he starts to smile yes yeah. now there's a moment i want i want to make mention of a, a very specific de palma um fingerprint is it it's 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 in, it's in this op, opera scene and it was in your favorite scene as well jeff and that's the split focus dioptic mm-hmm. where where you have both the foreground and the um background in focus yeah he does it in the scene in the church um with malone and ness and he does it again here with the opera with with capone and um the opera singer where you you shouldn't see them both in focus but you do it's a very very common um technique you see in a lot of de palma films it's not 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 in any way originated by de palma i want to say maybe even wells orson wells did it first in citizen kane um, uh, he's watching uh pagliacci isn't he i believe so yes how about that for some knowledge i just dropped on you yeah yeah don't don't worry about how i know about that and where i where i first heard about watchman No, don't worry. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that. I I think he first used it in Blowout. Um, De Palma did. Yeah. Anyway. That's uh Blowout. That's um Travolta. Yeah, we're probably gonna do that one one day, right? It's a good one. Yeah. It's real good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, 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 cool. Um all just right. Joe Pesci does. Yeah, I did with <laughs> weapon three or something. Yep. Uh so yeah, the um yeah, so now Malone is, uh, you know, he's hanging on, and he, you know, he's he's got a he's got a message to deliver to uh, to Ness. Uh, Chuck, you're in the middle of that. Sorry, go go. Back. No, that's fine. He uh, he had crawled through his house to get to um some kind of invoice. The room shows, where the invoice is. Yeah. Yes. Or, yeah. Y- yeah. And he's lying on the floor when, when it's, Ness- a, it's a it's a passenger um, list. Yeah. Okay. Passenger list. Sure. Um, but Ness Ness goes in and they show Malone reaching for what Ness assumes is his rose or whatever that safety deposit box key and rosary. whatever else yeah. is on that rosary fix on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. And it was and it's a it's not a crucifix. It's a um, oh God, the patron saint of policemen. Oh, Saint uh, Jude. Yes. Saint Jude. Yeah. 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 Saint Jude? Santo yeah. Judah. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's an interesting perspective because Ness is thinking that, you know, Malone is dying, he's reaching out for God. Mm-hmm. Like people would often do when they're dying, they start praying or praying to God or whatever. Looking for their last rites. Yes, but in reality, he's still trying to nail Capone. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <sighs> no, f- I don't want that. I don't fuck. want this fucking thing. I want <laughs> <Yeah>. the list. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, oh, oh, the the accountants on this list. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But what are you prepared it. to do about it? And yeah. then dies. <laughs> right. Um, and then we get to the point of the movie that it kind of falls apart for me. Um, I call this the post Malone part of the movie. Oh, oh, gross! It is oh. post. It is post Malone. Come on, come on. That's my last note. Post I like Malone. it. I like it. I think you're honestly kind of right. 
in my opinion. This is where it starts to get a little a little um, slippery for me. Okay. Yeah. So this is uh, well, we've got the train station scene, right? Yeah, which is classic. Right. So this is a very long scene. This is one of those things where if I were to use uh, Jay's comment earlier that is uh, based on my comment from previous uh, episodes, this is too long of a scene to happen today. Yeah. But it's perfect for this movie. I was, I, it was too long. Okay. For me. Well, it's, it's Sergei Eisenstein. It is, it is a direct um, lift from Battleship Potemkin. It is a direct lift from, from the originator of the montage like it is it it's a it's just it, it's De Palma being De Palma. He's like he's he's showing you his um film history chops and he wanted to shoot his version of of the baby care scene in Potemkin and that's exactly what he did. Um it worked really well at the time. Uh I think it still kind of works but for me it's more of a curiosity now than anything. I think they just showed the baby in the carriage too much. Like, I know you're trying to build anxiety in the viewer, right, of what's going to happen next. But I had hit the point of anxiety to to where it was high enough after the first two times he looks at the baby. Well, not the next seven. You know what I mean? I just feel like it was too much. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think at this point also Ness is proving two things. One, he's too dedicated to what he's in the moment to do, which is get the guy. He's not thinking about the, the potential um, collateral damage around him. I think he is. I think that's the whole dilemma that well, you're being presented uh, with is his. If he, well, uh, well, let me, let me finish this thought because because I, I have a counter to that. The other thing is, is that he is a little unsure of himself because he doesn't have Malone anymore. So Malone's a person who acts first. Ness overthinks things too much. And if he had just, if he had been totally aware of all of the surroundings and understood that he didn't, that he, that he that there's more going on in this train station than a than a bunch of bad guys showing up with an accountant that he has to get that he has to nab he would have immediately helped that woman because he had like five minutes to help her he would have just helped her and got her out of the way and would have moved on but he sat there and he didn't know what to do he he was no he was kind of rudderless at that point and because he didn't know what he had to do, it it made everything that much more um, confusing to him. And I think that that's it, it all it all plays part to because the whole time we're all sitting there watching the scene saying, help her and, yeah. or move her, get her out of the way or help her one or the other. And he doesn't until it's too late and he's too hyper focused on which is, I think, a flaw in Elliot Ness's uh, character, even though it's probably more accurate that it's a flaw in his persona based in movies and TV, is that he is too buttoned down. He's too hyper-focused on the job, 
not thinking about the the ins and outs around it. I think he also it also illustrates that he gets bailed out by a team member, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. It's he, a good thing that Andy Garcia came back. <laughs> he's 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 not really anything. He's he's he is an important part of a whole, yeah. but he's not everything. Right. He's even, the, even when half of his team has been slaughtered. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So this is where, you know, he, a woman's trying to pull a carriage up the, up the stairs. He ends up helping her, but he helps her too late to the point where they're still on the stairs and she's not out of the way. And the kid's not out of da- danger when the bad guys show up and a shootout starts and the shootout happens as a baby carriage is rolling down the, uh, so there's, there's, all sorts of extra danger here the kid could get shot the the mom could get shot the kid's gonna go flying the kid could fly when the when it gets there but you know again good thing that andy garcia shows back up um you know ness is gonna run out of bullets ness is also exposed more so than he would have been originally um yeah because he decides to run down the stairs to try to stop the kid yeah which is which is funny because they, you know they set that up early where you know he is you know he's a he's a new father right or a well he has got a, a young baby uh, and a daughter right. yeah right and so he has a new kid so he understands the that delicacy too of the of the of the kid is in, in pretty mortal danger um, which is funny because Ness never had biological children in his life. Uh, huh really he had a he had an adopted child from either his second or third marriage this by the way was the debut of uh, patricia clarkson she played ness's wife first first feature for her yep um yeah he was not a very good husband um but i i, I don't know if that's a uh you know just uh, you know the the old trope of cops don't make good husbands or married to the job yeah i don't know but um yeah i mean uh, ellie and ness had character flaws in real life (laughs) uh but anyway so uh so yeah so then uh he shoots all the other bag but there's one goon left and there's the accountant and uh you know um andy garcia has shown up to give Ness a new gun with a fresh load of bullets. Because again, he runs out of bullets. Dude, he slides in. <laughs> he slides in. He throws a gun to Ness, knowing somehow magically that he's out of bullets. Well, he probably and, saw that coming. He probably maybe. Yeah. And he <laughs> saved the baby carriage. Yes, he did. Got Andy Garcia is the real hero of this movie. Yes, he absolutely <laughs> is. He is. Yeah. Um, so then uh yeah, so it, because also remember. George Stone is the marksman of yep. the, of the group that comes this, back this, after this gets to pay off. Yeah, this gets to pay off because uh, the goon is is holding a gun to the accountant's head, and it's like I'm going to shoot him. You got you got five seconds to make a decision if you're going to let me go or if I'm going to kill this guy. He counts to one. <laughs> Ness says, "Do it." Take Garcia him. shoots. He says, "You have him," and he's like, "Yes." Oh yeah, yeah. And then yep. he says, "Take him." Take him. Yep. Yep. Uh, Garcia shoots, and then he says two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of that happened between the counts of one and two. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Um, that part is awesome. That yeah, and you know, so it's like okay, well now it's time to go to the court. Um, and uh, Nitty is there. He's carrying a gun. You're not supposed to carry a gun inside a um, a courtroom. So this is this is all the courtroom stuff. It's just weird to me because, yes, you're not supposed to carry a gun in a court, I guess, but he, Ness calls him out to the bailiff, leads him out of the courtroom, bailiff takes Nettie out, and he's confronted with the fact that he's wearing a gun, but then, but then Nettie shows that he has a note from to the carry mayor. a gun from the mayor, the mayor. Yep. and to give him all I'll, I'll do like respect or something but then it's like but you're still not allowed to have a gun in court right like that's a law that he broke regardless of his note from he, the mayor i think he's been i think <clears throat> he's been given a um a, a pardon by the mayor that's silly but they're not going to let him back in right they're not going to let him back in yeah they're not going to let him back it's like okay fine you can have your gun but you're not getting in there yeah right yeah and of course nitty uh escapes well, he wounds gives them. Well, them. this is another kind of dumb fuck part um, because he, um, when they took the gun, he also took his matches. Like I don't know, he was like emptied his pockets, and he and Ness goes to light a, his cigarette with the match from Nitty's matchbook, and in and the address for Malone is in the matchbook, which we saw knows, earlier. Yeah, yeah, which we saw earlier, which we now we know, or now we know that Ness knows that Nitty was there that night when. Malone was killed, but Malone does a dumb thing here. Malone like panics. Nitty it, or yeah, sorry, Nitty does a dumb thing here. He he panics and runs. It's like all you all you have is is a cop's address in your matchbook. It's not like indicative of anything more than that, right? Well, I mean, so but now we got to have uh, Hollywood well, things happen. Well, so. it's Hollywood <laughs> things, and it's also again, um, uh, there, uh, yeah, it's Hollywood because it's. You know, now you have to show the bad guy being weak, right? Like it, the, yeah. the tide has turned now. It's, you know, yeah. so now it's, the it's, guy who was so tough before is now weak and and doing stupid shit. Yeah, it just it just it's a little thin for me to like. That's the thing. I mean, just remember that this is all post Malone. So <laughs> yeah. All the entertainment that, that was in this movie. The first two thirds is gone. They have to drudge it up somewhere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like well, it's important for Malone to die in this film, but it's so bad for this film that he dies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is the best character. That's in the why world. he won the Oscar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's again, it's also the untouchables. Nothing that has ever had the title, the untouchables has ever been anything, but um, making everyone who isn't, one of the untouchables and especially Elliot Ness looks stupid or bad or, yeah. you know, it's, it's all, I mean, again, it's the, it's the, uh, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it's the dramatization of something that was much, much more boring. And my- Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I have, I have no doubt about that. And, and I understand that. I just think that they, um, that the script starts to take a few shortcuts with that to where the suspension of disbelief it's not that it's not that okay i know these things didn't happen but they could have happened right yeah. it's more i know these things didn't happen and they could never have fucking happened right right that's what annoys me about this last act 
Yeah. Well, yeah, and that that Elliot Ness's wife is in the courtroom like that. That made me mad too because there's no way a rational human would have, even if you think you're nailing Capone, you know he has other people out there. You wouldn't bring your wife out into the light right now, yeah. at least in my opinion. Sure, but but it's I don't for, know. It's I, for drama. It's for dramatic yeah. effect. Yeah, I mean that I, I can forgive it. That well, it's it's basically all all threads are going to be led to this courtroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so. Um, but now you've got like the 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 pretty. This is pretty iconic in this movie. The the rooftop standoff yeah. scene between Ness and Nitty. Yeah, because uh, yeah, so they chase each other around, and he eventually uh, Ness eventually catches Nitty, and because um, Nitty is like basically is on a rope, and he's climbing up. And he's like, "Hey, you gonna arrest me? You know, yeah, Treasury man." Um, and then so he gets up. Which is funny because Ness is like, don't push me when he's pulling him up off the building. Well, Ness has a moment, too, where he he's like, should I save him or not? Right. Yeah, he considers shooting him while he's on the rope. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but then he's like, I'm going to do everything by the letter of the law and all of that. So I'm going to going to help him up. And uh, Nitty just can't shut his fucking face. He's like, oh yeah, I shot your buddy, you know, and he, he squealed like a like an Irish pig, and and like Ness is like, wait, what'd you say? The fuck you say? And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, he screamed like the uh, like the like Irish, a stuck pig or something, like, like, yeah, something like the Irish pig he is or something. Yeah. At this point, the way this was going, I half expected for them to cut back to to Malone saying what are you prepared to do? Like, yeah. uh, it just felt like that kind of thing. And I was really glad actually. Yeah. It wasn't that, that. Hand, it wasn't that heavy handed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So at that point he likes, like, you know, Ness gets pissed and he grabs Nitty and he throws him off the, off the building and Nitty's screaming. He's like, Oh, do you sound like that? Yeah. Do you sound anything like that? Yeah. <laughs> and he crashes into a car to which then we get, he comes where's back Nitty? to the courtroom. Andy Garcia asks him, where's Nitty? He's like, oh, he's in the car. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, that's a funny line. That's it a good a line. Funny. It's a good line. Brittany, we watched it with the kids, and Brittany was like, oh, yeah, he's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely in the car. Don't judge us for watching it with our kids. But uh, I watched it when I was 10 years old. Yeah, so. I probably yeah, saw I did too, so. too. Yeah. Um, but, but at this point, Andy Garcia... I forget his character name. George, George Stone, Stone found the list of um, jurors in Nitty's coat. Like the bad guy would have that list with the amount of money they gave to them. Yeah, don't, um, worry, about don't worry about <laughs> this it. Is, so this is the thing. Like we're talking about forgiving some of these things. There's just a lot of them in this third act yeah. that they start to pile up. I, I'm not saying I hate this movie by any stretch of the means, but it takes a lot of forgiveness in this. This third is act. the worst one for me. Go ahead. This this next scene, it's the worst for me. Take it. So, so Kevin Costner wants to sidebar with the judge in his chambers, and he he tells them that you know there there are members of the jury that uh, have been bribed, have been got to by Capone, and that he needs to do something about it. And um, there's a it's left a little bit unsettled in the scene, but. Uh, Ness goes back to his seat. The judge goes out into court, and then he says to the bailiff, 
He says, go into Judge Wapner's chamber, Judge Wapner's court or whatever. Yeah. And and bring his jury in here, which is the dumbest fucking thing in the history of dumb fuck things. Like I hate it so much. And then of course, like like Capone starts to have a commit conniption fit because that's not the jury he, he's bribed. And his lawyer changes his plea to guilty and it's that's so like dumb. Pandemonium, pandemonium, and, and and Capone can't be held back from like attacking everyone and it's fucking so stupid. I hate it so much. Like, first of all, like what what moron in any reality would would believe that that could happen the changing of the plea immediately i'm like that they, that can't as well. do that but but the fact of the matter is like here's what actually happened and i know it's not as dramatic but it's still pretty fucking good um there was a jury switch in real life but it was not a jury that had heard the entire case that was then automatically swapped out with another jury who hadn't heard the case which could have absolutely no legal standing to make a judgment on a case that had been heard. Are we sure that the entire case had been heard and it wasn't just an arraignment trial? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The jury had been selected either way. So what really happened, and this is pretty cool, is that they had not begun jury selection yet. There was a, a, a pool of potential juries that they were going to go through jury selection on and it got to the judge i forget some one of the untouchables said hey i think you've got some people in this pool who have been got to by capone um you know we got to do something about it so what the judge did was he just dismissed the entire potential jury pool and brought in a new pool of uh, potential juries that they selected from then they had a trial what happened in the movie is unbelievably dumb yeah, it's it's no there's no <laughs> such there's no such thing as a jury scene in a movie it's probably that goes true. at at all like it normally does we've all we've all done our jury duty you know <laughs> we know how fucking boring it is <laughs> i would kill for some unbelievable shit to happen in it oh that's just it's just really i've really never done silly. jury duty i've never way. actually either i've i've you motherfuckers! I've been called like five times. I've been called, but I was—I didn't have to go. I just—they didn't want me. It's—it's <laughs> it's a lost day. Like you come out of that fucking courtroom, you get there before the sun rises, and you leave when it's the sun's about to sit, set, and you think, "The fuck just happened to my life? Like how how long was I in there?" You know, it's like you have. Oh, it sucked, guys. Jeff it's, doesn't want to do his civic duty. That's what it sounds like to me. No, I've done my civic duty. And you two motherfuckers' civic duties. So I mean, I, I filled out the paperwork and sent it back. And they never, yeah, that's what I did, too. Yeah, never called me. You sons Anywho, of <laughs> I don't like the ending of this movie, but I like the last line a lot. Yes, I was, uh, I was wondering if you liked that last line. What Love is it. the last line? Hey, hey, Mr. Ness, uh, did you hear about them uh, possibly repealing the, the prohibition? What are you going to do there? What are you going to do next? I think I'll have a drink. There you go. Elliot and he Ness did. Is, Ness had lots and lots yeah. of drinks after Ness, that. Uh, this also goes to show uh, that Ness is about whatever the law is. He he is pliable to the law, not to... Uh, right, it wasn't a morality. 
No, right. it wasn't morality. It was it was the letter of the law of the land. He even says it. Hey, he says right it's now, the beginning of the movie. Yep. Yeah, right now you can't drink. It's the law of the yep. land. Yep. And I'm here to uh, and I'm I'm here to uphold that. But yeah, he um it's not the best of people in real uh but a lot of those lawmen that that chase down outlaws, there's a lot of uh, gray area with mm-hmm. with what they really were like. Well, oh, yeah, that, I mean, gives, he gives just... the St. Jude medallion to Stone also. Oh, yeah. And Stone says, I like this. Stone, Stone says, I think he would like would have liked you to have had it. And Ness says, I think he would have liked a cop to have it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because he oh, does yeah. ask Stone at one point. It's like, oh, so what do you want to be? You want to be a lost cause or you want to be a cop? Yeah. 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 Yep. So um i i don't know i don't care i like this movie i, I mean i like movie. it don't get me wrong i, I like this movie I like a, a whole lot. i like it lots and lots but there are some <laughs> some eye roll moments for me it's okay to <laughs> critique a movie that you like totally uh one interesting side note and jason i think you had this experience too um visited alcatraz while i was in san francisco oh, yeah yeah um and capone's cell was all set up like like it was supposed to have been when he was there and played mm-hmm. i think he played the banjo or the fiddle um or something most nights there but it was pretty cool to see to see the rock and uh it was cool yeah um yeah capone um was transferred to to alcatraz because he was actually harassed in jail quite yeah. merc- mercilessly and um they moved him to alcatraz when it opened uh, but he was also riddled with syphilis um, by then as well, and uh, and died not long after being released after his his prison sentence. Did he get released? I thought he got transferred and then died. But maybe he was. I don't. He 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 got transferred to Alcatraz. I thought he got then, transferred again. I mean, and then died oh, in whatever holding think, cell he was I in. I want to. I want to say he maybe got out, but I could. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, hang on a second here. I can tell you right. I know he died of heart failure. By the way, if you don't know the story of Alcatraz in general, check it out sometime. There's lots of cool, like Indian occupancy or Native American occupancy and all sorts of cool stuff about Alcatraz. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, yeah, so uh, due to his failing health, Capone was released from prison on November 16th, 1939, and referred to Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore for the treatment of parasis, uh, which is caused by late-stage syphilis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopkins refused go. to admit him on his reputation alone, but Union Memorial Hospital accepted him. So there you go. Um, he um, also, so Frank Nitti, uh, Frank Nitti went to, to prison at the same time as Capone for tax evasion. Oh, wait, he wasn't thrown off a wolf? He or was not a wolf. A wolf. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just skip right by that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's staying in. That is staying in. That's fantastic. Um, no, he, uh, yeah, no, he was not thrown from a wolf uh, <laughs> or from a coyote either. Um, he was in, uh, he was sent to jail for a little bit, but he got out sooner. He, they, they didn't have as much on him. So he got out sooner and took over uh, Capone's uh, gang. There is some legend around the fact that he was just a figurehead, that he actually didn't call the shot, but both contemporary and basically all the history shows that, yeah, he did essentially as good of a job as, as Capone would have. Um, they just didn't have booze anymore. They had prostitution. <coughs> I was um, wondering what their next uh, racket 
was. Yeah. So sense. it was, yeah, it was mostly prostitution. Um, and a lot of protection stuff, you know, but anyway, a lot of, a lot of mob stuff, but anyway, um, he then, uh, was, uh, going to go to jail for something in the forties, um, before, and it was going to be bad. It was, a, it was a bad thing. This one was going to put him away pretty much. And yeah. so, uh, he got, he got super drunk and decided to go off and, and kill himself, except for he was so drunk that when he put the gun to his head, he missed and uh, some construction workers nearby thought somebody was shooting at him and they shot him. Oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They gunned him down. Huh. Um, yeah. Cause then the cop showed up. It's like, Oh wow. Look, it's Frank Nitty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. He did not have a very good end of his life either. Um, yeah. So crime does not pay kids. No, it does not. It does not. And well, it does for a little while, and then it does not. If you're going to be shady, get a badge, and you'll be all right. Ooh, uh, I don't know. Defund Chuck. Listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, um, it's a pretty good movie. I like it. I like it too. I I want to make that clear that, with the exception of the issues in the third act for me, I thought it was a good movie. Fair yeah, enough. I like it a lot too. It's it it I've seen that I've seen it several times and it always hits the the same beats for me. I there are moments that I just really, really, really like. Um specifically Malone, Sean Connery, love him in this. Um yeah, it's just it's just a fun movie. And it's and, and again it's you know, like it's not a movie that you see made anymore in Hollywood. It we're we're sort of in an age of ultra realism these days in um in hollywood and and on television i, w- I made the comment to susan is like if there was someone were to make this well somebody kind of did make this movie recently um josh trank made a biopic capone with tom hardy which i haven't seen um i think it got mixed reviews but i'm sure it's like hyper real yeah. um and uh it's just it, that, that wouldn't be as, as interesting if they made a new version of the untouchables tv show which i guarantee you someone will it will be like a 10 episode arc. It'll stay true to like the, the, the pedantic sort of letter of how things happen in the timeline of events. I'm sure there'll be very little artistic Liberty um, where there, where there is, it's probably just to fill in some cracks. Um, it would, uh, it would probably still be really good to be quite honest, but it wouldn't be as fun. Yeah. Um, and that's what this movie is, is, is pretty damn fun. Agree. Um, next week, we have a couple. Uh, we have the first of a couple movies that Chuck has brought us, and that is Sneakers. Oh, which is yes. one that that Jason really wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say thanks, Chuck, for bringing it because this is what I've wanted to do for for years now. <laughs> well, we've we've been we've been busy. We've been busy with like you know, sexy September. I've just never, I've never really figured out the right place to slot it in. So well, here we go. We're going to do it now. Um, so that should be, that should be fun. Um, uh, yeah. Next uh, on the, the upcoming Monday. So in between now and sneakers, uh, we have monster Mondays, 1953's war of the worlds. It's good stuff. It's a real yeah, good, it's good, that is a good one. It's a real I haven't good seen movie. that in a while. You got that criterion, huh? Yeah, it is. It's real good. It's real good. Yeah. Um, but how does uh, a, how does a, do they, how did they clean it up? Do they, do they like, it looks pretty good. some of, 
But did they remove some of the stuff that makes it charming, like some of the wire work and things? Or is that still in there a little bit? Um, I didn't notice. I didn't okay. notice much of it. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. So uh, as far as my uh, personal stuffs at B-Movie Enema, let's talk about that real quick, guys. This upcoming uh, Friday, uh, bmovieenema.com, you can read what I have to say about the movie Huntress Spirit of the Night is actually the one good movie of Full Moon Fever 2 um, that, that, I, that I was doing this month. So it's, it's actually a really fun little um, sort of a werewolf movie. It's not really a werewolf, though. Uh, but B-Movie Anima of the Series, Episode 3 this Saturday night is Oasis of the Zombies. So some Ooh. just Franco action. It is not a good movie. It, it is really not a good movie. Um, <laughs> it's a shame because I really like Jess Franco. But, Jason, where yes. are our things found? Filmseizure.com. Go there. Love it. Bookmark it. Do, do people do RSS feeds anymore? Can you RSS feed Filmseizure.com? I, I suppose you can. Yeah. Do that then if you know how and want to. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Watch us, listen to us on YouTube soundcloud places like that bunch of places google us google us google us an email send us a goddamn email <laughs> film seizure at gmail.com yes agreed um oh one one note that i made about sean connery in this movie i'm almost positive that this is the version of sean connery that saturday night live said that's what we want for celebrity jeopardy Oh, that makes sense. Because at one point in time, he does talk about Alex Trebek's Dago mustache. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So thank you, uh, Jason, for telling everybody where to do the things. Chuck, yeah. thank you for bringing us uh, J- one of Jason's favorite movies for next yes. week. Um, yes. hey. I, I finally I can finally tear down the stone wall that I apparently had been building <laughs> uh, by accident. Uh, so we can finally talk. <coughs> I like sneakers. I, I just, it's uh, one charming mid 90s techno it, thriller. Early 90s. techno. Early 90s. Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, yeah. So until next week, when we uh, when when us sneakers putting sneakers on to do some sneaker in i am jeff arbuckle i'm post malone <laughs> i'm jason oliver and you have been listening to film seizure